Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. For several weeks leading up to this day, we've been talking about how important it is to let go of the busyness of our lives and to find ways to connect with our unhurried God. As good as slowing down is, there are other times that we should run. Just as Jesus returned to Mary and offered her comfort and good news before sending her back out to share his good news, so too is Jesus calling us to go. In this week's message of the week, we celebrate the risen King. We hear from Pastor Jen Tyler, who shares the resurrection story from John chapter 20. Christ is risen. Here is the First Church message of the week. I don't know how some of you do that with a straight face. It brings me so much joy to celebrate this good news today. So as we celebrate, let's uh, begin our word with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, as we continue in this time of worship, we ask that you would continue to open our ears anew, that we might hear your voice more clearly, open our eyes that we might see you more clearly, and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions, so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So for several weeks leading up today, as Pastor Bryce alluded to, we've kind of been talking about how important it is to let go of the busyness of our lives and to find ways to connect with our God who is so seldom in a hurry. Slowing down, making time for our relationship with God is so very, very important. And today I wanna talk about how while yes, sometimes it's good to take our lives at a nicer, slower, easy kind of pace, the reality is there are other times that we should run, aren't there? About a month ago, I was sitting here in our worship service on the Saturday night, and our worship band was playing, and I was getting lost in the music. There's nothing quite like getting lost in the music in the middle of a worship service, in a sanctuary full of people singing praises to God. And much like today, I was awestruck and joy-filled as all who gathered sang our hearts out together to our incredible Savior. And our musicians are making their way up because there was one specific song in particular that really spoke to you, to me, a song that many of you know. We sing different versions of it at different services in the worship service each week at First Church. The song is Jesus Take All of Me. And it's a song about offering all of who we are to Jesus as we seek to follow him. Just as I am, the verses repeat, I come. But what struck me about this song that day, enough that I picked up my sermon notes page and started scribbling away, was not that when we come to Jesus, Jesus welcomes us just as we are, even though that is a gift that I hope we can celebrate. But what struck me then, and strikes me still today, are the words of the chorus. And so I've asked them to sing the chorus of this song for us so you can hear what I'm talking about. Jesus, take all of me. I run to you. I run to you. 
Jesus. Jesus, take all of me. I run to you. Isn't that a powerful image to think of running to the arms of Jesus and what that looks and feels like? I wonder when the last time you ran to the arms of Jesus might have been. And I don't just mean the kind of running that we all do when you're late and can't find your keys or it's raining outside and you can't wait to get inside. We do that kind of running too, I imagine. But when we really, truly run to Jesus with all of who we are, trusting Jesus for the love and the grace and the safety and the abundance that we know only he can offer. And today's scripture reading, we have exactly what you might expect on a day like today. It is the story of Jesus' resurrection. Today, we're going to hear the familiar story to many of us as we listen to the story of the empty tomb. I want you to listen especially for all the running that takes place as we make our way to the tomb that they did not yet know was empty that first Easter morning. I'm going to read from John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. It tells us that early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciple returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw the two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. 
Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Here ends our scripture reading today. Every time I read this story, I wonder what it would have been like for Mary as she stood in the garden trying to make sense of all of this, eventually having Jesus see her, approach her, call her by name. I wonder what it was like for her in that moment to be connected to Jesus and to be assured that Jesus was alive and to surely know in that moment that the world would never be the same. And while here today, even as nice out as it is, I don't imagine that we are going to physically get to see Jesus if we go walking in our snow-covered gardens early in the mornings. But I do wonder metaphorically, is there a place that you can go where you feel more connected to God? Maybe there is a person or a tradition or a prayer that brings you comfort or peace or a feeling of safety. Maybe there's even something you do, whether it's prayer or a literal run or other kind of physical activity where you can feel closer to God and more spiritually connected and grounded. I am struck by how Mary and the disciples, they were so close to Jesus and so desperate and urgently wanting to connect to and find him that they found themselves running to share this news and find their savior, physically running. There is so much running in this story, running to the disciples, running to the tomb, running to tell others, even running as a race. I have a hard time sometimes reading this particular passage with a straight face when it tells us that the disciples were racing each other and tell us who won, by the way. Because we're told that Peter and John, they ran together, but John ran faster and got there first. They ran as fast as they could to see their Savior. And I wonder if anyone else has ever run toward Jesus, not sure when you get there what you're going to see or find or get. Maybe when you run toward Jesus, you pray for a miracle that you or a loved one desperately needs. Maybe we run because we're struggling to be patient and we hope that our running will get us there quicker. Or maybe we run to Jesus with different purposes altogether. Like when we run with gratitude so abundant that we can't fully express it with words. That kind of running reminds me of what you might see if you've ever been at an airport when you see loved ones finally being reunited, or especially if there are military personnel coming in after a tour away, there is no greater joy of seeing and of, of love and of, of unity than seeing families come together in moments like that. I wonder what our lives would be like if we ran toward Jesus with all of who we are, just as we are, just like that, every chance we got. Not just in our desperate moments or in our worst moments, but in the moments in between, too. 
My colleague McKenna recently told me a story about how, in addition to being a local church pastor, she teaches music classes for toddlers, which I imagine being a class of chaos, if we're honest. And as a part of her music classes, McKenna often talks to parents about the importance of what she calls the kangaroo pouch. Now, a kangaroo pouch serves as a place of safety and security for the sweet little Joey in the early years of life. It is important, she says, to keep something like the kangaroo pouch in mind with toddlers, because for them, feeling safe is everything. Now, I would argue that feeling safe is everything for all of us of every age, but toddlers don't yet have the coping skills to deal with or understand what might feel unsafe for them. So it's especially important for them. And so in these music classes, she asked parents to be there and to sit in, but to let their children explore their independence and get comfortable in class on their own. And so as they do so, they will walk away from their parents, much like a Joey might explore at first as it walks away from the safety of the pouch. But before long, it'll come back, needing to know that mom is there waiting. In the same way, the toddlers will come back, checking in with their trusted adults, wanting to sit in their lap or be held for a moment or two before they wander off again, only to repeat the sequence. And this out and back motion of how children establish confidence and independence while they're still very dependent on adults for safety and comfort. Well, for them knowing that their kangaroo pouch is available if they need it, well, it allows them the confidence they need to explore and to learn and to grow, knowing they can return anytime they want. And I wonder, as children of God, What do you think it looks like for us to rest in the proverbial pouch of Jesus? To know what it might look like for us to trust in Jesus so much that Jesus is the one we return to over and over again, no matter what we're doing, no matter where we are, no matter what challenges we face. What does it look like for us to run to that kangaroo pouch of safety that is found in our faith. Not that our faith is safe, of course, nor is it always what we expect or even hope for, but it is always good, always present, and always inviting us back. It isn't inviting us back so that we can stay in that safe place, And as much as Jesus wants us to check in, he also wants to send us out into the world. In fact, he tells Mary that on this very resurrection day. He says, Jesus says to her in verse 17, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to my father, but go, go, he says, don't hold on to me. It's almost as if I hear Jesus inviting her, run to me, he says, return to me again and again, but know that I'm not going to remain here. I will be with you always, but, and I am also always on the move. And so just as Jesus returned to Mary and offered her comfort and good news before sending her back out to share this good news, So too is Jesus calling us to go, 
to move beyond our places of safety and of comfort, to move beyond our comfortable expectations and to take bold risks in love. Don't be afraid, he says, to run and to lay it all at Jesus' feet. All of it. We know we can do that because here today we celebrate that everything has changed. Today we proclaim that Christ is not dead. He is alive. And so may we embrace this good news. May we run with and to Jesus and may we know that we are invited this day and always to invite and proclaim not just good news, but the greatest news the world has ever known. For together today, we get to proclaim that Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia and amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the ways that you offer us this good news, the ways that you promise to be with us, and the ways that you give us the courage and the strength to move forth. Help us this day and always to live lives that echo this invitation, that help us to proclaim with our words, with our actions, and with our very presence that indeed you are our resurrected Savior. And for that, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.